Hello, and welcome to the Climate Change Weekly Podcast. On the podcast, I pick a few of the interesting stories from the week, dive into a topic of the week, and then I talk about some of the steps that you can take to help tackle climate change. Greta Thunberg announced on Twitter this week that she will be attending the UN Climate Action Summit in New York, COP25 in Santiago, and some other events along the way. Given her refusal to fly, how can this be possible? Well, she's been offered a ride on a 60-foot sailing yacht. She'll be crossing the Atlantic from the UK to New York City in the middle of August. Now, as someone who's done some ocean sailing myself, I can tell you that mid-August is not the best time to cross the Atlantic. It's approaching the peak of the hurricane season, and so it can be a very challenging time of year. So I'd just like to say good luck, Greta. Hope everything goes well. And I also hope that your refusal to fly is an example that other people will follow. So if I say the name Harrison Ford, the first thing that probably springs to mind is his role in Star Wars, or as Indiana Jones, or perhaps The Fugitive. But recently he's been speaking passionately about the environment, and here's a part of what he had to say at the Climate Action Summit a couple of weeks ago. While you work to meet the challenge of climate change, I beg of you, don't forget nature. The destruction of nature accounts for more global emissions than all the cars and trucks in the world. We can put solar panels on every house, we can turn every car into an electric vehicle, but as long as Sumatra burns, we will have failed. Now, I absolutely applaud Harrison Ford's efforts to stress the importance of nature and not to ignore deforestation and other types of ecological damage. I strongly believe that we shouldn't focus solely on CO2 emissions and must find ways to reduce all forms of pollution and destruction of the natural world. However, I don't believe that we are in a pass or fail situation. What we need to do is to work to transform our society on a whole range of fronts. Now, sadly, on the subject of deforestation, the New York Times reports this week that the destruction of the Amazon rainforest in Brazil has increased rapidly since the nation's new far-right president took over and his government scaled back efforts to fight illegal logging, ranching and mining. On a more positive note, students, farmers, urban professionals, foreign dignitaries, environmentalists and government officials um, planted millions of seedlings in Ethiopia this week. It was part of the Prime Minister's campaign to plant 4 billion trees before the fall to combat deforestation and global warming. Although it's great to see a step in the right direction, to give you an idea of the scale of the issue, at the, in the early part of the 20th century, Ethiopia was about one-third covered by forests, but that had dropped to just 4% by 2000. Unfortunately, the bad news just keeps on coming this week. In Greenland, which is the home of the world's second largest high sheet, Provisional estimates from satellite data show that surface ice declined more in the last month than it does in an average year. The temperature reached 22 degrees Celsius a couple of days ago, and Danish officials say that 12 billion tonnes of ice melted in a 24-hour period. In future episodes, topic of the week will cover such things as nuclear power, sea level rise, electric cars, etc., etc., However, as this is the first podcast of the series, I want to talk about why 
I believe that every little helps. The first thing I have learned is that that you are never too small to make a difference. If we take an analogy, which is often used by Greta, that we should act as if our house is on fire, then my individual contribution might be viewed as the equivalent of me having a water pistol. And I'd be spraying this water pistol at the base of the fire for all I'm worth, and it's not really having very much effect. But around me, I can see other people with huge, great fire hoses. They're not even switched on. They're not doing anything. So that's kind of the analogy I'd like to take. And, and what it means is that once you make your own commitment to going net carbon zero, your whole outlook changes. You've decided to do everything you can to help put the fire out. And when you see others not doing everything they can, you become outraged and angered by them which means that when you see politicians doing nothing, you'll never vote for them. If we can get enough people to that point, then politicians will be unelectable unless climate change is at the top of their agenda. And businesses that continue to pollute will not be able to sell their goods because people will just boycott those businesses. So I really believe that we need to start with the individuals. We need to get as many individuals on board, committed to doing everything they can, to combat climate change and from that base we can then collectively start to apply pressure to politicians to big business and we simply can't wait for governments for the next cop conference or whatever to come up with a silver bullet a magic solution to this that won't happen if we sit and wait for that to happen this catastrophe is just going to get out of control we each need to take our part now do everything that we individually can do and then use whatever influence we have to make as many other governments and organisations change the way they behave. In the last part of the podcast, I want to talk about things that you can do to take your part in tackling climate change. And each week I'll pick up a different topic. And what I really hope is that people who listen to this podcast will act upon some of the things I recommend here and feedback to me what they've been doing so I can report back to other listeners and so we can all collectively get a, f a sense that uh, progress is being made and hopefully we can see uh, a scaling up of that progress and see how it might continue to scale up and really actually make a difference. One of the ways in which the average household contributes to global warming is through the fossil fuels that are burnt in order to generate the electricity that they use. So clearly we need to start by looking at how to minimise that use of electricity. So I thought we'd start with a low-hanging fruit this week. Um, now, I've seen some statistics that say that roughly 6% of all electricity is used on lighting globally. So there's a great deal we can do to reduce that percentage that's going on lighting. And the simplest one is to move away from halogens and standard bulbs, tungsten bulbs, whatever, and switch to LED lighting. And LED lighting normally uses around a tenth of the amount of electricity as, say, a halogen light. So I have in front of me here an LED lamp which replaces a typical 50-watt halogen, which is found in a lot of households. They come in two main types. There's the MR16 that runs at 12 volts and the GU10 that runs at mains voltage. So 
I've tried a number of LED lamps over the last three or four years, and I recommend these Osram lamps. So I'm looking at an LED Superstar is the model that they've got here. It's a 400 lumen lamp. It has a lifetime of 25,000 hours. Um, I've used the warm white, which is at 3,000 Kelvin. Um, you can get anywhere from 2,500 Kelvin up to about 6,000 Kelvin, and the 6,000 Kelvin is, is much more of a daylight type of white, uh, down to quite a warm white. Now, this lamp is 5 watts, and according to the packaging, it replaces, it puts out the equivalent of a 50-watt lamp. In my experience, that's maybe not quite true. I've got some 6.5-watt lamps that that do, I think, equate to 50, and I'd say these these 5-watt ones probably equate more like to 40 watts of a traditional uh, halogen bulb. So, they, yes, they are more expensive. This one costs around the equivalent of $8, US but with a 25,000-hour life instead of a, a typically a 2,000-hour life for a standard halogen, it will actually pay for itself very quickly, even before you take into account of the reduction in electricity that you use. And of course, the more of your electricity that's generated from fossil fuels, uh, the more significant your impact will be. Now, I just want to make it clear that I'm not getting sponsored by Osram or anything like that. It's just I've used a number of different brands over the years, and I found they're the only ones that don't start to flicker. I have tried several cheaper brands, but always after a year or so, the flickering starts and they become unusable. You have to remove them and replace them. So the impact of making these changes can actually add up a bit. I've changed 24 lamps from approximately an average of 50 watts to an average of 6 watts. Um, so the electricity consumption when those lights are on has been reduced by 85%. And what I'd really like is for people to contact me and say that for having listened to the podcast, they've made the change themselves and I'd like to be able to report that back. So please get in touch if you actually go out and make that change. That's all for this week. I hope you found it interesting, and if so, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with anyone who you think might also be interested. Have a great week, and I'll be back next Monday with another episode of Climate Change Weekly. I know the change in me goes deeper day by day Although you're by my side, I feel you slip away I've been so restless, can't seem to concentrate Back to me, that would be my fate. I need love.